What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, March 7th. We are on the cusp of the franchise tag deadline, and the 2022 NFL Combine is in the books. We are talking defensive performers who stood out and may have helped their case in the eyes of what we expect the Miami Dolphins are going to be looking for in April. Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs, here on another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and thankfully home this morning after a week in Indianapolis for the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine. What an outstanding group of talent, particularly on the defensive side of the ball that we're going to be talking about today, um, that has been assembled for this year's class. Now, it's not necessarily the most top-heavy of NFL classes, but it is quite impressive, especially with the speed that we saw on display on the defensive side of the ball. Listen, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And before we get into the Combine stuff, we do have an unresolved uh, promise to you, the listeners of this show, that needs to be addressed first. I'm, of course, talking about the merch giveaway. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had done Power to the Pod, which will be back tonight by the way, uh, for the Tuesday episode this week. And then you'll probably get a show tomorrow during the day uh, when the franchise tag passes with a reaction on what the Dolphins do or don't choose to do on that regard. Uh, but I had asked you as listeners of the show to provide some examples of times in which you respectfully disagreed with me because there was uh, some reviews that... <laughs> Uh, let's let's just say they didn't mince words with disagreeing with me and, and were very firm with their opinion to doing so. And I promised I was going to do a merch giveaway uh, with a random drawing of any Dolphins fan who left a review over the course of the next two weeks uh, with a question for the show, but then also an example of a time that they respectfully disagreed with me. And um, we've done, I've done the drawing. And I have our, our answer. So we're going to tackle that right away here on the top of the show. Finish up that bit. Uh, I hope I'm going to give this uh, individual a couple of days to get in touch with me. I'll make sure I tweet it out from the account so that if he's on Twitter, uh, and if you know who this person is, please let him know he's won the merch giveaway. I think I'm going to set the shot clock through like the end of the week. And if I don't hear from him, then we'll, we'll get a drawing for somebody else. Uh, but Mike Dolphins 13 Review left on February 25th, and I've seen Mike leave a number of reviews on the show before, so uh, it was cool to see a name that popped up as the top name uh, who I know has been listening to the show with consistency. Uh, the review that he left was, Time I disagreed, but love the show. Morning, Kyle. Love the show. Listen every morning on my way to my job as a teacher. First and foremost, uh, Mike, thanks for the work that you are doing uh, with The Next Generation. One thing I really disagreed with was Waddle over Chase and Jalen Phillips liked both 
but thought the chase was so much more dominant, but glad I was wrong. Waddle is a stud, and so is Jalen. Call it run game PTSD, but I liked Phillips' traits, but was concerned with him against the run in his medical history. Glad both picks seem to have worked out for Miami and our foundational pieces. Thanks for all you do. Fins up. Mike, please reach out to me. Social media is um, grinding the tape. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on Instagram. However you'd like to get a hold of me. But you got a week. Let's do some merch. But for the rest of you collective knuckleheads, let's talk about the NFL Combine, specifically the defensive players who have stood out over the course of the last two days. Because this group was fast as hell. So we're going to try to keep the focus on players that I think are, are relevant performers for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, because this team doesn't have as many prominent needs on the defensive side of the ball as compared to the offensive side of the ball. But uh, there's a couple critical spots in which you could hear and see the Dolphins um, make an early investment in the draft on that side of the ball. I think the first name that comes to mind for me is Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd. And like, it should be made clear that Devin Lloyd's combine performance was perfectly fine. He ran a 4.66. He had 25 bench press reps. He had a 35 inch vertical jump and jumped 10 6 in the broad at 6'3, 237 pounds and 33 inch arms. He's big, he's long, he's physical, he's all the things you thought he would be. Now, he didn't blow the doors off the combine, and as a result of that, I think this year's combine helped the Dolphins' odds of potentially seeing Devin Lloyd be available for them at pick 29. Uh, I, I know there are teams in the, the teens and the early 20s that you could mock a linebacker to. Think about Philadelphia with three picks in that range uh, being a team that really stands out. I know New England at 21. Tennessee at 26. I mean, there's some pretty significant barriers between Miami and, and getting Devin Lloyd on the board for them at 29. But with his testing being, quote-unquote, sufficient versus some of the other, I mean, the receivers ran blazing fast, right? Alave and Wilson from Ohio State, both under 4-4, and, and Garrett Wilson running that fast surprised me, and I think that puts his, his projection into a whole different stratosphere, and he's probably not going to be available for the Dolphins now. Um. The guys who were quote-unquote sufficient versus showcasing plus athleticism, I think certainly creates a dynamic in which you could see uh, some of those guys slide down the board a little bit. But if we keep this focus here on the linebacker position, I do think there were a number of, of players who helped solidify their projections, and that being a thing that, that may prompt the Dolphins to need to invest in those 
players earlier than expected. I would look at Chad Muma, uh, the linebacker from Wyoming, uh, who ran just over a seven-second three-crone drill. He ran the 4.63 in the 40-yard dash. He put up a vertical in the vertical leap at 240 pounds. 10-9 in the broad, very explosive player, senior bowl standout. Like You might have to draft Chad Muma at 50 if you wanted to draft him as compared to potentially being an end-of-the-third-round type of player because now he's showcasing he's got elite athleticism to go with it. Look at Damon Clark from LSU, senior bowl standout as well. Uh, four five seven in the 40, 6 two and a half, 240 pounds, uh, 10 seven in, in the broad. 36 and a half in the vert, 33 inch arm, so he's got good reach. 7 1 2 in the three cone jills, so his, his uh, change of direction skills pretty strong as well. Damon Clark is another player who was kind of in that third round conversation, but after elite athletic testing, you're probably looking at having to draft in the second round. Channing Tindall from Georgia is a player who really popped to me as I've been watching some of the other Georgia defenders. Uh, he may not even be there. And, of course, positional value is kind of the, the big mystery to all this. But Channing Tindall jumped 42 inches in the vertical with a 10-9 broad and ran 4.47 at 230 pounds. That's high-level testing. So while the early linebackers... Devin Lloyd and Kobe Dean didn't necessarily do anything to really push and change their perception and maybe were treading water. I think a lot of the other linebackers, and that we didn't even mention Troy Anderson from Montana State, 6'3 243, 4'4'2, 10'8 broad, 36 inch vertical. Uh, a lot of these like third round valuation guys that we had kind of earmarked as being players that would make sense for the Dolphins, a lot of those players, in my opinion, performed at a very high level and potentially pushed themselves into a situation where Miami may not have the luxury of having those players at their disposal by the time that third round pick comes up on the board because it's so late in the round. Built Bar's protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They're absolutely, positively delicious. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Built Bar is kind of like my life hack, right? Like I try and I try and eat healthy, but I also don't want to compromise and just eat grass. So Built Bar has kind of become a clutch part of my daily rotation. You can visit built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order. It is built.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. The world's most delicious protein bar. I'll tell you guys what, though. These pass rushers... Some blazing fast times in here, too. So just kind of looking over the times that were logged. You had a 4-3-6 from Amari Barno, 4-5-3 for Boye Mafe, 4-7-4 for Aiden Hutchinson, 4-5-5 David Ajabo, 4-5-8 Jermaine Johnson, 4-5-8 
Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, 446, Sam Williams. 454, Nick Bonito. Holy cow. And that didn't even get into Trayvon Walker in his time. So, I guess here's the observation around the pass rush group. We knew a number of these guys were not going to be in the stratosphere of when Miami was able to pick. Right? We knew Aiden Hutchinson was going to be off the board. We knew Trayvon Walker was going to be off the board. We knew Kayvon Thibodeau off the board. George Karloftis, probably not going to be there. David Ajabo, probably not going to be there. There's a very realistic chance that all of those guys are top 20 selections when it's all said and done. So now, like, if you end up having Emmanuel Agbo walk away from the team in free agency, and uh, Drew Rosenhaus did, over the course of the weekend, say he does not believe it's likely the Dolphins use the franchise tag on Emmanuel Agba, and he is looking at the possibility of hitting the free agent market if that's the case. And that franchise tag value is like $18 million. I wouldn't use it on Emmanuel either if I were the Dolphins, but I also probably would have tried to put my best foot forward and, and get him on a long-term deal by now. But if Emmanuel goes... What you are now left with as far as the defensive linemen who are kind of in that conversation for the Dolphins, if they wanted to draft a defensive lineman in the first round, I think your top candidate is probably Boye Mafe from Minnesota. And his film wasn't as good as the rest of his prep work. Right? He was amazing at the Senior Bowl. He put up amazing numbers at the Combine. 4.53, 38-inch vertical, 10-foot-5 broad jump at 261. That's really good. Really good numbers to pair with a really good showing at the Senior Bowl. Two sacks in the game and then unstoppable in the one-on-ones. But I did the full deep dive on Boye Mafe as a player. And here's kind of the, the synopsis that I had, had given him. I projected him as a developmental starter, uh, odd front defense with a blend of pass rush and space responsibilities as an ideal role. That sounds familiar. It should because it's like the Dolphins. Uh, Josh Uche from the 2020 NFL Draft second-round pick for the New England Patriots was my comparison for him. Uh, of course, the Dolphins running the same system means that makes sense as well. Uh, just the, the quick player synopsis on Mafe is written by yours truly over at thedraftnetwork.com. Mafe is a high-tools prospect on the edge who projects best to the pro game as a traditional rush outside linebacker. He offers great athleticism on the edge, and his flashes of effortless movement skills in space are an easy sell when projecting his pro game to the next level. I do believe Mafe is more of a developmental player than a plug-and-play starter. But the trajectory of Mafe's play with the Gophers has been on a steady incline for the entirety of his career. The program culminating with a career year in 2021 with six sacks, nine tackles for loss, and 30 tackles, all of which were career highs. Mafe has bright flashes of nuance, but consistency is where his NFL game is going to require patience. 
as he continues to grow a better feel for the game, particularly in deconstructing blocks and being a persistent threat as an outside pass rusher. The 2020 In the 2022 NFL draft class, which is loaded with talent, Mafe may not be the commodity he would otherwise be, although I think that is shifting now that we're through the combine. But this is a high-ceiling prospect who should not be overlooked as someone who can be an every-down player by year three if the light bulb comes on the next level. Uh, there's a very realistic chance now Boye Mafe is going in the first round. And you see the NFL, they, they will do this. They will pick up on the players who have the strong off-season performance at an all-star event in the NFL Combine, and they aced the process, and they are rewarded by being drafted higher, regardless of, of what the consistency and quality of their tape was on a snap-by-snap basis. Miami, I mean, you, there's a number of teams you have to worry about if you're Miami to even see Mafe get to you in the first place. Uh, you, you have to worry about Green Bay as a, a particular team that I think is of interest. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, should they choose to let uh, Harold Landry walk in free agency? Those two teams are two of the three teams picking directly in front of the Dolphins. The Buffalo Bills at 25. Uh, they have a couple of, of players who are on expiring contracts, veteran defensive ends, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. Three of the four teams directly picking in front of the Dolphins. And even Tampa Bay has, uh, I believe Jason Pierre-Paul's an expiring contract. There's a gauntlet of teams right in front of the Dolphins that need pass rushers, and Mafe has aced this process. If that indeed does materialize, I think what you're going to be left with if you're the Dolphins is probably a, a tier two pass rusher. And I know I mentioned the name Josh Pascal when I went on with uh, Travis Wingfield and uh, drive time at the NFL Combine. It was great to see Travis. Great to catch up with him a little bit, talk a little ball. Um, but I think Josh Pascal might be a name that we need to earmark. 6'3", 270 pounds. 33-inch arms. He jumped 37.5-inch vertical, and he jumped 10-3 in the broad jump. Very explosive player. He just doesn't have great long speed, 4.77. I wouldn't expect him to. He played at 280 at Kentucky. I'd also point to Jesse Lucetta from Penn State. I think Lucetta is a prime match for the Dolphins. To play Mike Linebacker, to play end man on line of scrimmage. And he had a good day. Uh, he had a good day at the office too. He he pulled up with his second uh 40 time. But he jumped 37 and a half inches and he was a, a 260 pound player here at the combine. 37 and a half in the vert. 9-6 in the broad. You're in 4-8-9 official. But as a guy who's a power end, power Sam linebacker, can play forward, play the run, that's what we have to be thinking about if we're going to divide and conquer the reps of Emmanuel Agba. It might have to be two guys instead of one. And Luketa, 
scratching the surface of what he can do as far as playing as a pass rusher. And that's exciting. The, Pascal and Luquette are two guys in the middle rounds. Pascal maybe on in round two. Luquetta, if he's there in round three. Those are the kinds of guys that are I, I get excited about adding into this front. Football season is over, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right down to your favorite. Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So we did edge defenders. We did linebackers. I mean, there's, there's really not a lot on the back end of the defense that you can point to for Miami and say it's a clear and obvious need. Yeah, there were some dudes that balled out yesterday <laughs> in the secondary group. Uh, it was pretty mind-bending to watch some of these guys zip around the field. So you had three guys in total at this year's Combine who ran sub 4-3. Two of them were corners that ran yesterday. One of them... Tariq Woolen, who I had a chance to meet at the Combine, is a legit 6'3 and a half, 205 pounds, with 33 and a half inch arms, 42 inch vert, 426. He's off the charts, physical tools. And I don't think the Dolphins are, are in the market for this kind of a player because they have. One already in Noah Igbenogany, right? But um, they are certainly going to have no shortage of talented players that they could target, uh, even in reduced roles. Percy Butler, the safety from Louisiana, six foot one ninety five, four three six, ten three broad. Uh, big-time special teams type player. Um, ran 4-3-6. JT Woods, Baylor. 6'2", 195, 4-3-6, 39.5-inch vert, 10-8 broad. Explosive. A lot of explosive, 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 plus-sized defensive backs. That is the Dolphins. If you're going to move away from the Clayton Fejdelums of the world, and if Eric Rowe's going to be on the chopping block for you, then guys like Butler and Woods and even Tyson Anderson from Toledo who ran 4-3-6, and Marquise Bell from Florida A&M who ran 4-4-1, and Dane Belton from Iowa who ran 4-4-3. These guys really helped themselves by showcasing the high-level speed that they did. Now, granted, contextually, the turf at Lucas Oil is fast as hell. And that was just the safety group, by the way. I didn't get to Jacoby Durant and 
I'd pound the table for Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska to play on this team in a heartbeat. That dude's going to be a fan favorite for whatever team he lands in. I know there's some debate on whether or not he's an outside corner, if he's a nickel. Well, I could tell you he's 5'11", 196, hits like a ton of bricks, and ran 4'38", verified. So, look to day three, I think, for defensive backs, but I would not be surprised. I think you can continue to churn the special teams roles of that group and get better there. And there's so much speed and so much physicality in this group that I think the Dolphins are going to get a really good player, a a better than typical year player. If they were to attack that special teams, depth player, secondary uh, type investment early on day three. I hope you guys enjoyed. As I mentioned, Power to the Pod is back this week. It is back tonight for the Tuesday episode of the show. So please plan accordingly and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Make it a great Monday.